Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us. I actually put my mic on. Yeah, thank you. Who gives us crap thank for this? Thank you. Really, we've got thank it. you for joining us for Season 19, Episode 9 of Happy Jack's Rapture Podcast. My name is Stu. Stork. This is Bill. Jesse. Jesse. Hey, wait, wait. Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. We know you from... Toy Story. Oh, my God. You were awesome. Right. Thank right. you. Yes. That no one ever recognizes my I know. It's, it's amazing. It's fantastic. So what's Buzz really like? You can tell us. You know it's what? It's fun. Kind of a jerk. Really? Yeah. yeah. Even in Spanish mode? You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. With a name like Buzz, I mean, really. You think he'd be a lot of fun. Well, or military. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not as fun as Woody, but, you know, you'd figure. <laughs> Buzz is more artificial. If you combine the oh, two, it could that. be even sure, fun. Sure, sure. Yeah. Willie Buzz. Woody uh. Buzz? <laughs> Willie Buzz. Oh, wo- oh, Woody. Woody Buzz. Shut Buzz up. Buzz Woody? No. I'm trying to fix this and it isn't broken. No. It was fine. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Stork. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, am I wrong? Yeah, always. Yeah. In this episode, (laughs) Daniel shares an epiphany about fate. An epiphany? Dan from Minnesota asked about making likable NPCs. We've done that before, I think, a couple times. Aaron from London asks about explaining Savage Worlds in a webcomic. London? What a nice place. And Tim writes in about ending a session. Like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, happyjacksrpg, all in the word, and Instagram, same thing. Uh, if you'd like to watch us live, watch us live at happyjacks.org slash live. There you will find our Twitch channel and our uh, YouTube channel, and you can watch us on those. And hello, chat room. There's a chat room there. I see chat room. That was all one breath, mind you. That was amazing. He's exactly. breathing in through his buttocks. Uh, yeah, it's called circular breathing, but that it's is. the long way around. It's the long way. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder your breath is can so I, stinky. Can I just say it's the wrong way around? I learned it in the second human centipede move. <laughs> <laughs> and breathe for him. Who says those aren't educational? Right? Exactly. exactly. <clears throat> How would they wear pants? That's my question. They don't. They, they don't. They wear diapers in the first one. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember if they wear diapers in the second. It's mostly third. duct tape, I think, at that point. So uh, the answer is depends. No, because they works for everything. Because they're supposed to be sewed together. Right. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, that, mm. you, you haven't seen the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but they usually have bandages. But it is actually probably just. Jesse, I'm sorry. Je- Jesse just sat here. She's like friends with us and everything. She's been there. All of a sudden, this entire you know show what? breaks out. You know she's what? like, you know what? You don't, you don't have to defend her. She's a strong woman. She can, I know. She need you to fucking independent woman. get how in many, here. And how many of the human centipede films have you seen? I just need to apologize for human centipede. I feel like I that needs to happen. Zero human centipede. Films. Oh, really? Not even the original. No, okay, right. I'm I'm very scared of that. If Stu ever says Netflix and chill, and he puts that on, <laughs> run, just run. <laughs> That's what Stu's dating apps are for. <laughs> Human centipede and chill. <laughs> Maybe I should change that on my profile. Yeah, that's probably yeah. a good idea. That's <laughs> really good. A lot. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, this guy seems kind of nice. Oh, look! <laughs> and uh, Facebook. Find us on Facebook. We have a very active yes. group on Facebook. Yes, we do. Uh, JackerCon 13. We don't need another hero. Woo, woo! That's a song, right? Yes. That's a song from uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome done by Tina Tina Turner. Turner. Yeah, some some hack. She's never done anything. Yeah. Whatever. Some wannabe. Yeah. 
Don't. <laughs> he's gonna yeah, be Batman. He's gonna be, he's gonna be Batman and your Robin. Careful. Yeah. Ooh. Let me get my nipple suits out. Or <laughs> that. that was that Batman and Robin. They had no, nipples on the suits. backhand me. Oh, I'm Jesus, sorry. gosh. Uh, I took it to an entirely different place. Jack- There's a shock. Jackercon 13. Uh, <laughs> we don't need another hero. Will be r- running from the last week of June through the first week of July. And you can sign up and register for games at jackercon.com. They've they got their are, own site now. They are serious. They have their own site, got their own Facebook group. Yes, it's he's actually, on. He's actually, people have been delaying signing up, and he's actually a bit exasperated. So please don't make our, our Alaskan crabber friend crabbier. But right? Because you don't want him crabbier. Right? No. The most dangerous put crabs catch. In his own crabs. <laughs> Alaskan <Whoa>. king crabs. <laughs> Oh, that's personal. At least so. you know when you have them. Sure. <laughs> they pinch. You can't they actually say they do. They, they, they do they pinch. You can't actually say. There's no apology necessary. It's like, no. if you didn't notice it. If you didn't notice those babies, it's not my fault. Yeah. They're Alaskan. <laughs> oh, my God. The size of a pickup truck. What? How did you miss them? Come on. So, yeah. Go to go sign up for that. Right. And uh, for people that don't know what JackerCon is, it is our fan-run online gaming convention. And to be fair, it does sound dirty. Right, it but does. But it isn't. It's not that JackerCon. It's a different, <laughs> right. different one. And whatever you do, do not Google JackerCon with no. safeties off. Don't, please, God, no. Oh, I'm going to do it. Bad things. <laughs> Bad things. Uh, according to Sir Guido, uh, someone needs to tell Stork that DT Pints doesn't crab anymore. DT Pints doesn't crab anymore. He is a kid now. I, I get it. Yeah. Is his kid crab then? He's like sends the boy out on the boat. Yeah, right. Go That's get some crab. Shot him when you come back. We'll have a feast. <laughs> I just imagine he talks like that when he sends the kid out on the boat. <laughs> well, I, I imagine everyone in Alaska talks like sure. that. Sure. Right. I also realized today uh, I was trying to do some like when we get older impression over dinner, and every time I do like an old man impersonation, it just goes to, like Walt, goes to Walter Brennan. It just it ends up there, <laughs> right? And like, yeah, that's right. I was shot. I'm shot a movie when I was a young boy. That's right. Yeah, where's Sheriff Dillon? Like, it just ends up there. It does. <laughs> oh, he says he captains a research vessel now. Captain Pints. Captain Pints. <laughs> Captain Crab. Captain Crabby. <laughs> All right. Wow, moving up. Nice. All right. So that was that. Uh, now I'm imagining DT Pints like on the bridge of the Enterprise or something. I know, Captain's I am too. an exploration vessel, like, research number vessel. Number one, take the bridge. I have to make a number two. <laughs> <laughs> number one, what's for dinner? Crab. No! <laughs> In the airlock with you. So we did the uh, character gen for um, the the one shot that's going to kick off Moat on. Was it Tuesday? It was Tuesday. Tuesday. When Tuesday. Re, re, mm-hmm. Restart mode. Yeah, to, when we restart. Out of mode. its torpor. Out of its torpor, oh, right. Look at yeah. that. Oh. Huh? Huh? Vampire knowledge. <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, so we have three of the four characters, and I'm taking I'm taking bets on when Kimmy makes her character. Oh. The square, which is just before the game actually starts, is already taken. No. <laughs> I actually made, a char- I made her character for her. Just does, she, does she show up with a boy... Carrying her stuff, and her knees are gone. No. no. <laughs> well, we were saying you're in a different worlds. pool. You're mixing worlds. Okay. Well, Allie made a character with us, and we were saying that we should make Kimmy play the character that Allie made. Allie is Stu's daughter. Poopy doesn't pants. Know. His name was Poopy Pants. Yeah. <laughs> so. Is he an Osparatu? No, I she don't. Never got she never no, uh, got there. Clan third, clan pur- purple clan. 
So yeah, purple, purple clan, clan, the clan purple. <laughs> you know. So we wanted to make Kimmy play that, but I don't think she. So he'd be, be a down. prince. I couldn't find the entry for purple clans. So I didn't well, know which discipline they come like bluish purple. I could, they could be purple, right? They're sort of not who Nosferat too. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I guess they could be purple. Yeah, maybe. They're not always just sort of deathly blue. Yeah, right. Come on. Well, Nosferatu are usually pale. Well, I don't know. Every time I've ever seen them, they're green or blue, maybe pale. They could be purple. They could be. Of, of the clans out there, which one's going to change color? Uh, as might. No, well, they might not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, clearly Albert changes color because there he is back there. <laughs> right. And then right. he's over right. here he's on the wall. Well. Yep. There's wow. many interpretations. <laughs> oh, the many faces of Albert. Yes. <laughs> See, this is this is Albert out in the streets, and then yep. that's Albert in the bedroom. Yeah. That's right, baby. That's right. Albert in the streets. Albert it's in the sheets. sheets. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Jesse. Well played. Nudge that back up, please. While you're there, it's a little droopy. Oh, did, uh, I'm sorry. Did I? Droopy. Is that chewing gum? Albert's yes. little droopy. Yes, we put blue <laughs> chewing gum. <laughs> oh, horrifying. Well, maybe there's purple chewing gum. Maybe she's clenching. Chewing right, gum. right. <laughs> and it all came back around. Right. <laughs> Leave it to Bill. An epiphany about fate from Daniel. <laughs> Greetings and salutations again. Daniel here with another email. Firstly, I want to let you know that I was flattered and humbled by the praise for my email, even as I winced at my grammatical errors. Mm. <laughs> that happens. Of course, this means that I've set a damn precedent for quality, which makes this email a little daunting. Oh well. Secondly, I will be forget for foregoing the footnotes this time because it made because it because I make it to my if I make it to, to my, my grave, grave, having never ever ever heard that accent again. It will still be too soon. Which but accent was that? It might have been my fault. I'm, I'm going I'm to take credit oh, for no, that accent. Oh, no, because some Stork read all the footnotes in that one, I think. Remember, that was when I had all those footnotes? I don't know what the And he read and then I think he did, I don't know, Storkies. Oh, yeah. Storkian. Or maybe we'd yeah, try to learn his Australian right? or New Zealand. Look, or don't blame me. He fixed it. It's, I think there was some good. New Zealand accent attempt. Oh. <coughs> it might have been. Kiwijan. Kiwijan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Kiwi and ease. Kiwi and ease. That's right. <laughs> uh, with that said, onto the email, Act One, in which the author clarifies his previous language. <laughs> <coughs> okay. As I noted, the Jackson Arson Gygax chart is somewhat useless without a clear idea of the terms of what the terms actually mean. I present my personal take below, and look forward to hearing them savagely debated and eviscerated. Oh, we've gotten long past the GS. Mm. Was it GS? G uh, J A G, Jag chart. Mm. No, gameism, simulationism, and narrative. GSN. Uh, G yeah. GNS. I think is the order they usually get. get your what, pick an animal and stick <coughs> with it. What I the hell? I think they always refer to it as GNS. It's so loco. It's so co loco. So, lols. Jag. Um, I present my personal take, but uh, eviscerated. Uh, they're really hard to pin down in a neat single sentence, but I'm going to try anyway. <coughs> so this is, this is his this interpretation. Is, this is the definitions under which he is working on these. I copy that. All, All right. right. A simulationist game is one where the rules attempt to simulate reality and create a realistic outcome 
with the goal of verisimilitude. I've got to look that up. Verisimilitude. <laughs> that is a $5 word. That's, I'm nice. Totally Somebody owns my a thesaurus. Verisimilitude. <laughs> verisimilitude. Yeah. It means it's green. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, yes. Oh, it's familiar. Somebody look that up. I don't know my phone. <coughs> what is the actual <coughs> definition see. of verisimilitude? Anyway, carry I'm on. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. No, no, oh, no. You're, no, you're, you're looking it up? Go ahead. Jess no, okay. got it. I got it. You went out and You can carry on. I have the, best, I have the you know, right here. You know what the, you know what the, you know what the amazing the part is? Elspeth would just tell you because she knows all that stuff. It's, it's, a, it's kind of insane. It's those word-a-day calendars. They do pay off. It's the fact that whenever her... this No, this is this is how she knows that stuff. When she was a kid, her, her dad would have her read the New York Times, and some word would come up. She'd be like, Dad, what does uh, verisimilitude mean? He'd be like, oh, go look it up. And they had a giant-ass dictionary out on the table. So she spent the better part of her childhood, or a good chunk of it, like looking up words, looking up words in the dictionary. And that's why she's basically a rocket scientist. That's right, now. pretty Didn't much. Did she graduate college early? Yes. Like really early? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that word, verisimilitude, is the appearance of being true or real. All right. That's what I thought it was, but I wanted to hear the actual. <laughs> definition. Yeah, I knew that. I knew it. <laughs> a gamist game is one where the rules attempt to provide a balanced and intellectually stimulating puzzle to be solved, usually combat, with the goal of entertainment and fun. Inter- Look up entertainment. Yeah. And then okay. Fun, please. Okay. Got it. Um, the narrativist game is one where the rules attempt to encourage interesting situations and character developments, with the goal of generating story. I All right. All right. The so these the are his definitions going forward. <laughs> yes. All right. Drink heavily. All right. And commence go. disagreeing. I don't disagree with those. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, those are pretty good, actually. One sentence <laughs> knockouts of what right. those are. Yes. And I and, so. and I can't disagree with the fact that you have chosen these words to be your definitions. How are we going to argue? No, I'm going to work, and we'll work within that. All right. We will sure. try to. Yes. Act two, in which the author stumbles into an epiphany. About fate while composing a defense of fate. By the way, one of my favorite words, epiphany. I yeah. thought you were going to say composing. No, no. I thought no, you were going to say decomposing. I, I put the, yes, I love decomposing. But <laughs> epiphany is one of my favorite words. I love what it means. I love the way it sounds. They're going to say it. stumbles. <laughs> I put the bumbles and stumbles. Okay, carry on. You put the umble. umble. I don't put. Umble. You put, the, you put the stew in. I put the stew in stumbles. <laughs> yeah. You put the stew in stumbles. <laughs> by def- definition. Don't stumble. I'm not that. Cl- I'm not I that put close. the mumbles and stumbles. Go on. I spent about three days analyzing the conversation about fate and the input from everyone, chat room included, and found myself, while attempting to phrase my own perspective on fate, slammed ahead first into one of Jib's epiphany moments. Hmm. I'm going to try and explain. Bear with me. Bearing. <laughs> also, someone may want to find Stork a bicycle helmet or something, because... Yeah. Oh, that was that was at wind. Okay. Yeah. Measured uh, uh, because if Daniel's theory of fate activity spun his head around, this is going to take the top clear off his noggin. You, you want to wear this? I, I think I ought to yeah. wear that. Right. <coughs> oh wait, here. Oh, no, that's better. Here. That's wow. Jesus, that looked amazing. <laughs> it's just been on a dead guy. That's cool. Well, it's Russian, right? Right. See now, oh, oh, that looks good. Wow. Suddenly, na- yeah, <laughs> oddly fit. Oh, it looks good on you. Oh, hey, did you get a free bowl where, of soup with it? Where has that hat been all? Sorry, I touched the mic. That yes. was really loud. Carry yes, on. Was. Sorry was about that, guys. Very loud. I was, <clears throat> I was doing shtick. The mic. Uh, to explain how aspects should work, 
I'm going to tap Captain Malcolm Tight Pants Reynolds. Who doesn't want to do that? Hey, yeah. <laughs> of the much-loved Firefly, as an example, let's give him the aspect of veteran of Serenity Valley. You know, his, his actual name is Nathan <coughs> Fillion. No, Who doesn't want to fill the character? That? The character. Okay. The character. The man is. See, I not thought his nickname was Cockpants, not Tight Pants. Oh, that's Tappy. Tappy was Cockpants. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. of those pants that were four sizes too small. That's right. <laughs> anything with this. What? What? Huh? Give me that back so we put it on back in the oh, skull. His head's sorry, cold. Sorry. His head's cold back there. <laughs> yeah, if you're not gonna wear it, there we go. There we go. Oh, so good on him, Gimpy. All right, uh, Mal. Okay, uh, aspect veteran of Serenity Valley. All right. Okay. So seriously. All right. So the character we're trying to describe. This is an aspect which is ripe with possibility. All right. Mal is an ex-soldier at ease in in a fight and used to violence. He can give orders, but given the specifics of the battle, he may chafe at receiving them. As a brown coat, he carries a soft spot for the outer planets and a chip on his shoulder for the alliance. He's a sucker for lost causes and doesn't know when to abandon a foxhole. He may run into former comrades in arms or be flagged as a troublemaker in Alliance space because of his service record. <coughs> the list could go on. So th- this is the aspect veteran of surrender. That's, right. that's m- right. some of the many things it could mean. Right. And that aspect could be different for different people, too. Okay. Like the guy in the box. Sure. Who probably would all, would all could also have that aspect would Maybe. be like, or, I don't want to fight. Sorry. Or Zoe. I mean, Zoe, right. and Zoe too. She has right. her own. Right. Right. Uh, the list could go on, and I'm sure th- uh, these uses seem obvious, and that you might even be able to add a few to the list. Now, how about we try something a little different? What about the aspect Paladin of Palor? You might use this aspect to turn undead, attacking all undead in your zone with a will attack, heal the sick and injured, smite an evildoer, or magically determine if uh, if an individual is evil, bless water, or purify food, and so forth. Again. I'm sure you old hands can come up with a few more uses. In both these cases, the important factor is shared fiction. You all, in your heads, have a clear idea of who Captain Reynolds is and what a paladin of Palor should be capable of. Which brings me to my main point and why I think Stu is having such a hard time with Fate-esque games he's in. Yes, Stu. Yeah. In most role-playing systems... Game it's underlined and capital or, or bold. In most role-playing <laughs> game systems, <laughs> game rules create shared fiction. That's it. That, that I, he did underline. That's a very good point. Yes. Some do this more than others. D and D, L five R, especially powered by the apocalypse games. But as a general rule, you look to the game system to determine what the world is like. When you play Dungeons and Dragons, you know that a paladin of Palor can do. What a paladin of Palor can do, because the rules tell you what a paladin of Palor can do. Powered by the Apocalypse games, do this especially firmly by de- by design, allowing certain archetypes of characters to be the only ones to undertake certain actions. Rules and their consequences create the framework for the shared fiction. Fate, however, is backwards, and this is both an epiphany I had today and why so many people find it hard to grasp. Stork, fasten your helmet now. No, no, it hurts us. It hurts us. It's right like no. <laughs> In fate, shared fiction creates game rules. Uh-huh. Can you repeat that again? I'm sorry. I was In busy fate, calming. shared fiction creates clear game rules. Clear. Yes. Right. So it's, the, it's backwards. In, role pl- in most role playing games, <coughs> the game rules create the shared fiction. Right. right. In fate, the shared fiction creates, creates the game the, rules. Right. Hmm. You don't have to set. You don't have set game rules telling you what a paladin of Palor can do. 
You have a shared understanding amongst the people at the table as to what being a paladin of Palor means in a world you inhabit. And this then informs exactly what invoking or compelling that aspect means. In a way, aspects serve the same function as moves in Powered by the Apocalypse games, but whereas a move details a single specific possible action and usually sets out specific results or consequences, rules in form fiction, an aspect is much more flexible and is and its use is defined by the players and the GM, fiction informs rules. This necessity for clear shared fiction at the table is why fate strongly pushes collaborative character creation and suggests helping each other come up with aspects and why collaborative setting creation has become a staple of the system. These all aid in the in ensuring that everyone is on the same page. Some more rapid fire examples. Toreador nightclub owner, wizard of the White Council, captain of the USS Enterprise, first prince of Mirkwood, Jafar Shol Sholva, I don't know what I don't get that reference. What who's that? Uh, I think it's from Aladdin. Okay. Jafar. <clears throat> and so forth. Uh, if you are familiar with these fictional universes and you the, uh, the uses of spending or gaining of a fate point of any of these aspects should be blindingly obvious. This, along with the pre-generated nature of, ca- of, the ca- of his character, is why I think Stu is having trouble and why he's looking at the language of the aspects for clues rather than simply understanding what they imply within the world. Fate usually recommends to give new players an empty sheet, help them come come to a high concept and fill it the rest of the way the rest as they play rather than create a pregen without mm. the buy-in of creating your own aspects it's just a word on a page right right, right. Mm. it's something you used to do with groups which is I'm not going to spend all my points you can you, buy them you, in later yeah right yeah, yeah. Uh, Stu is looking for at these phrases trying to parse <laughs> them into game terms without the Rosetta Stone of the clear shared fiction He's having trouble understanding what they imply for the game world and the fiction, and therefore has trouble applying them. That is my hypothesis anyway. Feel free to shoot me down or correct me here. Stu. No, I think that's... First of all, you picked on Stu unfairly. Stu is a, is a very no. smart man. But no, but but second but of all, you've, you've, actually, you've actually outlined fate very concisely and See, very clearly, you. I think. I told you you shouldn't put bubble gum on it. I know. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it here, right leaning with the, with with the bubble gum. Right. That's yes. good. It looks nice. First That's of all, classy. I, yeah, yeah. So I, I think you've actually outlined a lot of fate very clearly. That's awesome. Now, now Stu, he's malignant. <coughs> no, not really. No, because uh, we this, was, this was about the... Um, Svengali. Uh, Svengali. The inglorious... The, the mm-hmm. Magnificent Bastards. Magnificent Bastards and the Inglorious Bastards. Um, and I did have a lot of trouble figuring out when to use certain aspects. Because, like, what's mine is mine was, like, my fir- one of my mm-hmm. first aspects. Mm-hmm. I couldn't f- figure out when. Because everything's... Yeah, everything is Svengali. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and I, I don't even... I think I tried using it a couple times, once or twice, but... I don't even remember. But it, it, if well, you I th- when you, where play, there's a moment where I actually give you the moment to use what's mine is mine. I said, uh, Svengali, tell her why you want her necklace. And you went, Svengali wants your necklace to clean it. <laughs> and and I dropped that in your lap, but that was Svengali's moment, which is completely to own it. And you own that aspect on that. You remember that? Don't remember that moment. Vaguely, yeah. Right. I do remember. I, I do. thought one where you, you kind of sorted that out was with the the battle over the supposed bag of money. And then you were like, no, oh, yeah. I'm just going to take this, because right. what's mine is mine. Right. And like, I was guaranteed I would be paid for this, and so this is mine. Right. Yep. And F you. 
-hmm. and I'm going to hobble off with buckshot in my ass, and yeah, and then it turned bad. Sounds like a party. And then it, it turned was, bad. It was a party. But I do. I I, I think he's got a point. <clears throat> and that's um, one of the things that Tim talked about on the forum was um, um, GM agency. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I think there is such a thing. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a future episode, maybe we'll talk about that. Mark? It's interesting the Mark that down. GM agency. Yes, sir. GM <laughs> Write that down. Sir. No, and, I and, ki- and, and kids making characters and, and adults playing them. GM. Um, I, you know, the thing I thought was interesting in this is where he talks about the... Um, the, uh, that creating the creating your ass creating your own your own aspects playing the character writing stuff in that's becoming more popular in other systems. Yes, like I read an article about somebody who's starting a D and D campaign that way, and it's a little bit how I was playing with Scott Kurtz, <coughs> right? So he's like, all 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 your stats will start at ten, and as you play, and we I, and he just asks you questions, and you do it. He's like. And the one in that always that popped in my head is an example is I, my character's crossing the street. I kind of my head decide I'm going to be a bard. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, shock, but shock, but uh, a horse breaks away uh, from its handler and it's barreling down the street, pulling this cart behind it, and it's it's a and it's coming right at me. And he says, "What do you do?" And I could have said anything. I could have said like, "Oh, oh, well, I hold my hand up and I comment because animals listen to me." I could have just said that, and he'd be like, "Oh, okay, right." And then that <clears throat> becomes what my character. Right. Is about right. I was more like, oh, I'm, well, I'm, you know, I'm pretty quick. I, I dive out of the way, right? So mm. he's like, okay, well, you know, like how is it? How quick is like that? The thing you're most known for? I'm like, well, no, no. It's really about you know, I'm a fantastic guy. That's the thing I'm most known for. But you know, I, I move around a lot on stage and everything. And so he's like, okay, well, we'll make that your. We'll, we'll give you a 14 in that then. And that was a, like that was the actually the first number I wrote that in before I even wrote it in charisma. Right. All of a sudden you were like, "What? I was just I, telling you a story. Now it's a thing, right?" Well, but that now but, I got to write that but in. But the thing that was cool is like that's how we were gonna. That was the plan: how to build our character in D and D five E. How to build our characters over the first like four sessions it was just we would do stuff and he would ask questions and then as we answered them, that would inform. Okay, well then do this. Do that's that. not uncommon to a lot of set. I mean, Traveler kind of does that in a way with your progressions, and certainly Vampire does it as well, where they ask it because you just did a vampire game. Right, it's, so you're still fresh on character gen, right? Yes. Is that not? Well, I haven't personally experienced that yet. I've made everything up front mm-hmm. so far. So you you showed up with a character already? Yeah. Well, to the first she, session. She to the, the first session. Right. <laughs> well, I think I think I think the difference here in what he's saying is that it's like you would start with actual blank spots purposely on your character, mm. right? Mm. Where you're like you're like there's I just don't have this stuff filled in because we don't know yet. We used to do that with quirks and GURPS. That was the big thing we did. Like we never filled our quirks in. I actually think it's cool the GM to let that happen. You know, too. and they're I mean they're one they're net they're one point each and there's five of them, so <coughs> it's not really that right. informative for your character. But it would just as something would come up during play, you'd be like oh oh yeah my character uh, hi I seem to be doing this a lot with this character yeah it's one of my quirks I, and it annoys yeah. one of the other players so I'm, I'm definitely writing I'm it down definitely writing it down. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the the famous one was when Stu was learning to play mandolin, mandolin, and he had one at the table. We're playing, and he was. Did you ever learn to play? Yeah, it's the same as bazooki. All right, (laughs) we had to play a bigger one though. He has those big sausage fingers. So he's but he's playing. He's like, and we're at the table. He's like, ding 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 ding. We're after we're like, dude, stop (laughs) tuning the mandolin. And Stu's like. And welcome to every game. Yep. To be fair, though, in our vampire playthrough, I don't have 
merits and flaws for Esmeralda yet. So now well, I was, I was actually be... talking about the the character gen that you guys just did. Oh right. Recently. No, we. That one was like. I'm not sure where that's going to go. That's that's going to be a. Crazy I didn't ride. tell them anything about the story. Yeah. All I told them was that. <laughs> no, but that's not my point. My point is that they're actually coming up with characters and having to come up with motivations, regardless of what they're going to be doing. They don't but know. The, all, right. the only th the only thing that I think you guys I told you guys is you're citizens of the island. You're subjects of right. of Adrienne. Mm -hmm. So you're here, and you need to make a character who is here. Right. And that's okay. it, really. But. but I'm trying to tie this in with fate here. Give me a okay, break here. All right. So does this <laughs> not tie in with many of the questions that are asked by this, which is uh, you are you are playing a character that's already been established and you are asking leading questions. There's already a parameter to work within. Are kind of. Okay. Yeah, kind right. of. I'm going to give up on that. <laughs> well, actually, she, her character she made was is actually an established NPC. Too. All right, fine. <laughs> sorry. But it had not been actually <laughs> Right. But but like you were saying, but you were saying there's the other one where you don't have your aspects. You I don't, don't have, have merits and flaws. Merits and flaws for your main so character in the for the main character. Yeah, so that's definitely an interesting way to, to go about gaining those. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Just like as you go through, like, mm -hmm. and, the, and the, I think that's a neat thing for the GM to do with a player. Right. Is be like, oh yeah, let's leave a part of your character mm -hmm. open, uh -huh. and as we play, let's explore that. And I think we all do that. We're like, look, if we do something well, and we get a couple, like I just was listening. I've been going back and listening to Deserts of Despair. Uh, which is the D and D five E that just concluded that just this concluded. last Sunday, um, and in the like second like the second session where they're they kind of wrapping character gen, they're doing magic items, and Kimmy was like, "Okay, I'm going to take this thing." She's like, "I don't really know if I if it makes sense or not." And Jason just said, "Look, if we go a couple sessions and you don't use it, we'll change it." Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like I don't want you to have taken something that oh yeah, well maybe maybe that makes sense. I'm not sure. You play for a while and you're like, oh, that doesn't fit my character at all, and now I've wasted a magic item. What what level did they start at? Three. Okay. Right. I think no, no, eight, eight. They started at eight. Oh, really? That high? Yeah, wow. yeah. They started at eight, and then his goal was to get them to like I think twelve. I'm listening all of it, but like R he wanted to like every couple sessions bump them up one because he wanted to. It was supposed to be nine you sessions. You hit on a really interesting point, and when, then we've sort of glossed over it, which is as a as a GM, it's okay to let your players have unformed characters. I think a lot of GMs feel like they need to have their players have completely formed characters, so therefore they can't deviate from it and mess up their story or surprise them. Uh, but in many ways, you're doing yourself a disservice if you allow your characters to not play along with your game world. Let them have some open space. Oh yeah, to to adapt, to change. Give them the give them the um uh, the out to say, you know what. I picked up a magic dagger. I can't actually use daggers. Can we make it into a rapier instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it'd be much. It's much more interesting. But but all of that aside, it's a, it seems counterintuitive. Like, why would you show up to a game with an with an comp uh, an unfilled out character sheet? Right. It makes. Well, sense. the answer is because you might fill that stuff out in the game. But allow your as a GM, allow your players to do that. As a player, ask your GM or even. Give yourself that ability to. I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this. I want to have a couple of open moments here. To maybe I can fill this out. That's that's really important. I don't think people think that way. Mm -hmm. and, and even with a GM's reasonably detailed description of what the campaign is going to be like, it's often misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Well, it comes in antagonistic. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be antagonistic, but it's. It, it, it's like if the GM says, "Okay, the, the world is going to be just like Middle Earth." 
Well, there's a lot to Middle Earth. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the next thing you know, mm -hmm. okay, we're playing in a town full of Tom Bombadils. Right? <laughs> right. No one was anticipating that. Nope. I am there. Right. <laughs> right? My favorite, we're all, my favorite guy. We're all elder gods that they're basically super druids, yeah. Right. That's and, sing. and I think that, that players commonly look for edge cases, right? Which would be the Tom Bombadils, yeah. right? Um, I mean, I ran a, a, at work, I ran a short lived by a campaign that was, I set up in a fantasy, low fantasy world I homebrewed, and I actually wrote up kind of basically like a little Wikipedia page on each of the five kingdoms, right? So it had like the highlights, topography, it would have like three things that were interesting about it that stood out, um, who the leaders were, like that kind of stuff. Like they have a page, page and a half each. Um, and then immediately like one of the players is like, oh, so I wanna, I'm going to make one of the guys from this like northern kingdom, which are kind of like Vikings, like dwarven Viking mix mm -hmm. hybrid guys. And he's like, he's like, I want to go from here. I'm like, great. He said, so I noticed that there's this thing that happens that's special to the world that any children born that day become like defenders of the realm. Right? It was like a history like, Yeah, he's like, oh, I want to be born in that day, but I want to be a runt. <sighs> and then, so I want to have been like basically that's, shunned. That's cool. And that's why I'm adventuring. Right? He's like, he, he like I'm going to find this one thing that you mentioned, and then I'm going to edge case it, and right. that's my character. Right? That's and it's cool. like, oh, okay, that sounds awesome. Right? But that, I think. Players love to do that. So well, they have to. Well, why, totally. why, what gives you motivation for playing? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. no, I, I just think it's like personally, as a relatively new player, that cuts down on nerves a lot because mm -hmm. it is a little nerve wracking entering a new game, and also sets players up for more success too, and to have more freedom. So it also gives you motivation for being an adventurer, right? Yeah. Why yeah. would you leave the Shire? Right. I mean, it's well, wonderful right. there. And that was one thing <laughs> Stu did for when we were doing Traveler Character Gen that I that I liked and stole. Which was at the end when you're like, okay, I'm a, my character's gonna now gonna start adventuring. So he's like, a great roll, roll a uh, a failure, roll a mishap. I stole that from Tappy. Okay, yeah, he's like, and that he goes, and that's why you're no longer whatever a vice admiral. Because right. why the hell wouldn't you be a vice why, admiral? Right? Why are you not adventuring on the rim of space with a bunch of like losers? Because mm -hmm. uh, uh, oh my god, someone tried to assassinate me. Okay, great. Right. That's the, that's the thing you just like walked away from, and that's why. So. So bringing it back to fate, many of these things can be employed in other games. I just I don't think people think that way. Well, I think it is really interesting when he, and especially because like like Toriador nightclub owner. Okay, wow, sure. If that was an aspect, I totally know what that is. If I know that fiction, right? And I think right. that's the thing in the Magnificent right. Bastards game. One, we weren't thinking about it in this way, and two, I think it took us a couple of sessions to go like, oh, okay, uh, oh, all right, yeah, we're in a we're in a alternate mixed reality fiction where we're all literary characters or film right. characters but they're actually real and it's this setting and like okay I get it right like kind of locking in on what that was right. helped a lot mm -hmm. it did <clears throat> well I, I watched is it called Trilby or Svengali I watched the movie that the, mm -hmm. the novel's based on the novel's called Trilby I can't remember what the, the, the movie's called Svengali Svengali but um because I didn't really know who he was, I I'd, I knew it as a term because it's uh, it's actually sure. an actual word to describe someone who was like him. Mm -hmm. But um, was it, that Bella Lugosi too? I don't Dracula. know who played him. I don't know. If, I'm not sure. Um, maybe, but he had buggy eyes, big buggy eyes. Ooh. Did this? I can't do it. Christopher Lee. I, mean, just I don't think it was <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Lee. I would think would have been young. <laughs> um, but. 
It's just an unfamiliar character in an mm-hmm. unfamiliar setting, and I, th- I really think it more more comes down to the fact that that, that we didn't make the aspects, right? Right, and, and you're we, trying to figure out what and they, that's, yeah. that process is. Kind of, I mean, for me, when I'm playing a character in a game, it takes me a couple sessions to really figure out who that character is. No, I get it. Yeah, right. And I think that the fate process of coming up with aspects, because I believe in a lot of fate games, you don't even have to come up with all of them at once. You come up with a couple of them, a couple high points, right? And then you fill in the rest of them later as you go. And I think um, that process of doing that forces you to sort of become acclimated to your character, mm-hmm. maybe faster than it, than you normally would in a traditional role playing game. I think. Yeah, it'd be interesting to it'd be interesting game. to try to do a fate game, but like actually make the characters because it feels like that is a much bigger part of that game than yes, five E or something. I, like I would argue that you can't play a legitimate fate game if you don't. I mean, you can play. You, it might take you a while to get into. So it, we've been playing more legitimate. Fate well, game. yeah, because it's taking us three or four episodes to get into it, right? Yeah. Because well, Dave's not legitimate creates. GM. <laughs> no, absolutely not. He's a bastard. Yes. Now you guys are mocking me. Yeah. No, we're agreeing with you. I, I, the one time we agree with you, <laughs> we mock you. <laughs> You're that good. All right, uh, Act Three, in which the author recounts a gaming horror story in brief and requests more of the same. So, remembering my Scion and Exalted games reminded me that my Dawn cast Solar, my Dawn cast Solar. It's who, a thing. Just keep it, going. Okay. <laughs> who created a charm combo that enabled him to do 227 levels? Yes, levels. Of aggravated damage split between up to six targets in eyesight at any range. Hold on, hold on. Holy shit. Okay, now I'm assuming they might have more levels, because vampires have what? Seven levels of health? No, no, here we go. It goes, no. uh, It goes, uh, goes, uh, for those not familiar with Exalted, the average mortal has seven health levels. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, seven. Right. All right. So normally it's you a storyteller. It's a storyteller game. It's, it's yeah, yeah. It's normally like you roll damage seven plus right. and d ten, so a level is not an success. Holy. And damage goes bashing, lethal, and then aggravated. Yeah, yeah. It's the same system, Stu. That's right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Two hundred and twenty-seven so, levels. Right. 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 Now, now, even just he's like. <laughs> so you're a little vampire. Yes. We get toasted at two hundred and twenty-seven points of damage. Oh yeah. He could have killed every vampire on the island and every werewolf on the island. And but just the six, and the six in eyesight at one time. Okay, yeah. if they all happen to be standing up, you know, it would take a few there. turns. Right. Yes. And made eye contact. Yeah. Because it was only up to six targets. Only. Normally, you roll a damage seven plus on a d10, so that, so a level is automatic success. The damage goes bashing lethal, aggravated, signifying supernatural or otherwise unusually horrific injury. I wanted to ask Happy Jackers if they would recount any stories. They have of players <laughs> bending the rules into terrifying, game-destroying, but otherwise perfectly rules legal. And I recall checking the above charm combo three times, and the group group's other rules lawyer checking it twice for legality. Mm-hmm. Abominations such as munchkinism um, that the game simply ground to a halt as you attempt to process the consequences. On that note, thank you again for what you do, and live long and prosper. Daniel carried on a stick on the forums. The only one I can think of is Tappy. Yep, that's one the one I was going to bring up. Was it Giants? Uh, it was like, it was, I think it was like a two-headed giant. With yeah, his monk, an, right? It was an Etten. That's, diff- that's a different game. Okay, never mind. That was a different game. It was two Giants, I think. All right. And he one-shotted one of the Giants with a dagger. Oh, this is in Savage Worlds. Savage yes. Worlds. Savage Worlds. And he built a rogue that was great at backstabbing stuff and then his dice exploded and then he, I don't know, anyway, he, he had, built it and quite But he had, he had it. he had it built where he rolled an 
a, a fairly ridiculous number of D4s to start with. Mm-hmm. Yes. And because in Savage Worlds, when you get the top number, it explodes and you roll a die again, and you have a 25% chance of D4. Uh, D, D, and that's the best That's yeah, the best right. thing. Yeah. He would basically did it because Tappy's math freak. Right. He's like, oh, I'll have that. And then, all right, 211 points of damage. You're like, that's about what happened. And he announced yeah. before he sat down, I can't play for the whole session because I have someplace to go in a couple hours. So I started playing the game. You get to this first combat. One shots one of them says, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I literally like, like mic drop and left. And we're all like, uh, you know who else is really good at that is Casey yes. in Hero. He'll yep. build a legit character, and you're like, this is the most rules rapey thing I've Actually, ever seen. Casey in any system. Casey will will research systems and find yeah. find yeah. them. He just one knows Hero flaw. super well. Well, he just he's an, he's a min maxer. He yeah. loves to find yeah. that exploit. He's done some like really horrific stuff in every game he plays in. <laughs> Tomes once is, is curious as to why there's no lag right now. Well, I have no children here right now. Watching uh, streaming YouTube videos right. of other people playing video games. That's right. So that's probably why. Because now everyone, all you can't stream in like regular SD anymore. You got to stream in at least, at least HD, or if not that, 4K. No, regular SD is for peasants. Right. We can watch the television in SD. Peasant. <laughs> you have to get up there and change the channel. There's up. There's nothing to put touch. That's how we did it. It was a kid. Figure Turn it that out. Knob. <laughs> Remote control was you had kids. <laughs> get up, up there and change the channel. <laughs> there, just, uh, but, but father, there's nothing to touch. Uh, making likable NPCs from Dan in Minnesota. But, oh wait, no. To oh, Daniel, can you stick on the forums? Thank you. The fate thing—that's yes. awesome. That's, yeah. that, that is yep. that is epiphany worthy. That was really cool. So, so somebody somebody like marked this episode as the definitive definition of fate because I really think that's a great summary. I mean, I, I like the fact that uh, I'm sorry that you were the fall guy for this, but it really is a good foil. In fact, if you're if you're watching or listening to this episode, just don't write us about fate. <laughs> It's, it's <laughs> now been summed up. Daniel's Daniel. So did now it. we know it what it is. You can you can write about it, but we'll know what it is and we'll understand it, and right. it'll be just like we care. True dad. What? Huh? What? We care? Was that out loud? What, what did you say? True dad. What did you What did you think I said? What did you hear? <laughs> Come on, flies, move, read. Uh, greetings. Is it my turn? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yes. Read yes. This one. Block D, the mailbag. Making likable NPCs from... Oh, oh, thank you. It's good. Let's go with beer. Raspberry or strawberry. Those aren't breath fresheners. They're like candy. They're they're, candy. Mm. They're, they're, they're they're minty berry goodness. Raspberry and cool. How many of those do you go through a week? I bought it at Smart and Final. It was a 12-pack. Oh, I have two so left. Good. Aren't they? You might they're have a really problem. good. You might have a problem. No, my kids. My kids will eat a whole. Oh pack yeah, it's the kids. Yeah, they drink all my beer too. Um, <laughs> hey, you like yours too? Damn them! No. <laughs> Making likable NPCs from Dan in Minnesota. Greetings, of Minnesota. I'm drooling now. Mm, they're that good. I know. Mm. Greetings, unfortunate contract workers. Ice on the douche star. <laughs> Dan from Minnesota here. This episode is not sponsored by Icebreakers. No, but it should be. <laughs> I am drooling. Um, go to bed. I'm, I might. <laughs> I'm having a campaign to be played. Jesse's like, I'm being polite now. Oh my god, these guys are so old and gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepping a campaign to be played. I'm she sorry. Knows, she knew what she was getting into. Maybe. I'm, I'm prepping a campaign to be played over several acts. The plan, which may arcs. not several arcs, not acts. Don't correct me. Same okay. thing. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, like an act welder. Survive the right players. Is that the right. king has two lords that are considered to be the right and left arms of the king? The party. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing over there? Well, I'm just hanging out. How about you? Playing food. My lord, my lord. My lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well met, well met to you. <laughs> Can you guys do that again? I'm not sure I got that. <laughs> my lord, my lord. Good day to you. Oh, well met to you, sir. Now, for the rest of you out there, that's going to make the best meme ever. The best gif ever. <laughs> that's right. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast, Stu and I are basically... Uh, we're shadow puppeting and we're miming with and, yes. and we're puppeting with our hands with our arms because the right and left arm Kula Fran and Effinale um, <laughs> where was I'm I? coming the, Beanie Boy <laughs> <laughs> the party will, will be a group handpicked by these lords of course they are here let me pick you let me, oh, here you are my friend oh no I'll <laughs> use this one here with my hand <laughs> when I said handpicked I knew it was going to happen I knew don't you mean arm picked Oh, <laughs> Alright, okay, I'm like, backing up here. I'm the hand of the king, get it? Get it? Whoa, give me thrones! Well, is the king just in the middle going, oh my god. Yeah, All right. he's, he's there like, oh, you guys are free. Please stop! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna steal S.B. Lloyd saying, with which arm doth the king fappeth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's your turn this week, Horatio. No, no, Thaddeus, good lord, no! All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're you are the strange now. mistress. Nay, nay. Jesse, <laughs> <laughs> can you show up to more of these? Because I think you bring out the worst in them. Yes. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to start all over again because I think we lost oh complete track God. of this. Let's just start from I'm prepping a campaign. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> pl- okay, I'm prepping a campaign to be played by several arcs. Arcs, mind you. Played Play over several Over arcs. several arcs. Not by several arcs. <laughs> the... P- <laughs> Unless those are orcs from Minnesota. Same thing. Minnesota, oh. hey, you know the ark? He's a funny little guy. <laughs> I am prepping a campaign to be played over several arcs. Yes! Yes! The plan, which may not survive the players, right, is that the king has two lords that are considered to be the right and left. Don't, no, 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 left do arms of the king. The party will be a group. Handpicked by keep going. Okay, by these lords to solve various problems. Mm-hmm. The party will work with slash under. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Both these You're lords at different do times. Go ahead. Eventually, there will be a major rift between these lords and the party, or individual characters. We'll have to choose which one to side with. To this end, I want the party to like and trust. Both these lords, which will hopefully make for an interesting intra-party conflict at the climax. Oh my! Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my! <coughs> of the campaign. My questions are as follows. How do you make an NPC likable? There are times that players will latch onto someone random for some reason, uh, but what can a GM do to help make a party like and trust an NPC? I'm going to run this in a reskin of the new Mongoose Travelers, so I can insert a lord into a character's past during a character generation. Oh, but awesome. What nice. tactics can I use to make an NPC likable during a campaign? That's Weird something that... Has, drink and hashtag adult. That's something that would be an interesting thing to do is uh, Mongoose Traveler, a, a fantasy version of Mongoose Traveler. Mm-hmm. I thought about that. Cool. That was on my list of after Star Wars of doing one that um, I could actually sell. Right. Um, 
I had a couple. I had, I had a, a few different ideas, and mm-hmm. fantasy was one of them to do a fantasy version. And let me ask Jesse: Are there any NPCs in the Mode of Sin that your you you personally or your character likes? I'll go with me personally. I don't think Esmeralda would really like anyone. Right. But um, I really like the Nosferatu you made. I can't remember his name. The little, the little left. Uh, what Spano. is his name? Sorry, there's, there's strange. Oh, she's chewing on the. Go, open the door and chew her. Hey, shut up! Go away! Like no, that? she's actually oh, chewing on the door sill. Oh, I thought, it, I thought it was. You'll, you'll see what she's doing. I'll just. Um, I'll use this little break to say that this beer tastes like doo doo garbage after that icebreaker. Right. Oh, right. Absolute doo doo garbage. Everything tastes like doo doo garbage. Hey, knock it off! There we go. So <laughs> Was his name Stanley? Dogs are the best. I'm going to look him up right now. Okay, excellent. It's just this little, this little Nosferatu. Was it Calvin? Calvin. Yeah, Calvin. Yeah, yes. it's Calvin. The little Nosferatu that uh, helped Esmeralda break into the hotel. Right. For no other reason other than he just helped her. Well, he might have other ideas that are gross, but. Well, yeah, he's been told not to go after Riley because that's. That's Scully's domain. Right. He doesn't want to step on the boss's toes. I don't know, but you just like I don't know you. You bring him to life in a funny way. He's like a just a little sweet character. I'm sure he probably yeah, he has more depth. He kind of talks like this. Hey, and how he you doing? Good looking. And does the eyebrow thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do the eyebrow thing. Do it. Which eyebrow thing? You did it like where he moves them independently. I, I can't do that. You if I did that? that, it must have been accidental. Oh, well, it was amazing. <laughs> like he you waggles were, his eyebrows. totally thing. in character. Totally doing right. Groucho. Yeah. It <laughs> was, that's kind of who he is, right? Right. And Robert also is a good one. Robert's a good one. So why, why is it you like them? Um, well, I might be biased with Calvin because he helped me out a lot. Right. But Robert, I don't well, know. Well, that's, that's a good point, though. You're you're fond of the character because the character helped you, right? And he has a personality, too. Okay. Uh, but Robert especially is more three dimensional, mm-hmm. like to the point where even the audience sends in audio recordings of a phone right. call that Robert. That's made. right. That's right. right. They and, did that. Yeah. So he's like he's so three dimensional that the players and the audience really, really likes him. The players like him more than they like my character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so this is, I like your line of questioning. So in the Star Wars. Game. Which NPCs <coughs> did you guys like? Your characters or you? Uh, my new character likes what's his name? Kier. Kier. Yeah. Because um, I feel bad for him. Hmm. I so feel bad so, for him. So there's some sympathy for him. Because why? Why is? Why are the other PCs being such a dick to him? He hasn't done anything wrong. Seems like a regular guy. Right. So, yeah. so I'm sympathetic towards his right. plight, and he, right. and his character. I can identify my character can identify with his because my character is a mercenary, so he's just trying to get along and make some money and not starve to death. Right. Uh, my old character, my first character, uh, didn't like anybody. He was paranoid and scared of everything. <laughs> scared. Of, he jumped at his own shadow, and so certainly when Kira Starfall showed up, he was yeah, that was right. not. What good about at all. the? I found a character I didn't expect you guys to like because in my head it was a complete throwaway. Was the doctor? Yeah, everybody seemed to like the Gungan doctor. That was my that was my um, f- critical fail on a on a roll to determine what the I rolled a 
You had me make a roll or something. Oh yeah, to find somebody. Two. Right. It's like, okay, well, what do you find? You're like, I find a horrible Gungan swamp doctor. So, so, all right, let's work on that. Right. What happened is he failed a roll. He comes up with the worst possible doctor ever, and then you came and played it in spades. Right. So, so how does a Gungan doctor sound? He's like, oh, Misa picks you up. Here we go. Right. So I wait. Hang on. We have special thing. He pulls up this gunk. And he's like. <laughs> Right. Oh, you feel better so, now. So Whoa. now we as player characters, how can we not like that NPC? I guess because we're now like, oh my god, built. Well, it totally, totally worked. Totally it worked. And, and it worked. It worked. It, it was totally not did. pleasant, but no. it worked. But but I mean, we were all enamored. Right. Right now, okay, now we have a connection. There's this guy. There's a personality attached. Um, right. So that's a common thread. There's a personality, there a personality right? exactly. attached. Yeah. Exactly. I think that that is. I was I was gonna I was gonna bring up bird staff here too. I think that's part of the thing, which is you make an NPC that is memorable to your characters, and they will then become important to them. And and if you put them in the crux, I mean, it's it's it makes a lot of sense to have the the innkeeper where all the players come back and and distribute their loot mm-hmm. as the guy they interact with all the time. You know, I think that takes time. It, mm-hmm. Well, because. I mean, if you look at Robert, it's like I, like that session when he sent me that because I'd had a, I'd already decided the session before that guy had sent the the, the recording. Mm-hmm. So I said, <coughs> I want I want Robert to be having a bad day. Mm-hmm. He's having a little existential crisis. All right, and that was just I didn't tell anyone that. It's just and someone said we're going to do this. You happy? No. Haven't I think been he for said a long, never. That, that, never, or haven't been for a long time, or whatever it was he said, and is that oh, Robert's having a bad day. Suddenly, he's like a, a little more, a little, has a, there's a little more interest in him mm-hmm. than if it's the character that is this personality all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And, but that takes time, yeah. And then I think Bert, you mentioned Birdstaff. You guys spent a lot of time around Birdstaff. You would come to town, and he would send you on a mission, and. And help you try to figure things out. He, he started out as the quest giver, and he ended up becoming the 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 puzzle he solver. Was, he was our Gandalf, right? And then right, but I think, that, but that's the long game for those things. So, right. I, which he has here, he's talking. Right. It's over the course of a campaign, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems like like he can <coughs> he can play the long game mm-hmm. a little bit, right? The the the, the challenge is. Um, is he wants to make them both likable, so you can't. Because the, the, I, what I would have normally said was, well, they're working for both of them. See which one they start leaning towards, and then like play them off each other. Like, but he wants them to kind of both be like, oh, I could see working for either of these guys, and right. now I have to make, you know, like some kind of ethical decision right. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of tough because you can't use them against each other. No, no, because and, and right. no. you'll end up in a situation where you actually have to play off. You have to play both characters as yourself. Well, no, well, I, well, I don't mean. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't mean like like in the same scene. But well, be like no, you're working for you're working for the right hand, and it's like, oh, we got stymied because the left hand did this thing. Right. Yeah. Holy crap! Not necessarily that they're. I mean, you might oh, get to a point where they're, and he, like, right. he might anyway. You don't. Yeah, in you the don't same the room. Play, right, you don't, you you know. don't the players running into being the victim of their conflict right off the bat. Right. Because right. that's going to make them decide, oh, that guy screwed over right. what we were trying to do right. over you here. You want to do that, but later. Yeah. When you when they've right. made their choice, then you right. can then you can do that if you want to. Okay. I, I have my opinion, but I'm sorry, I just hit my mic. Um, as a player, 
What when 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 what's your opinion with NPCs? What's the one that makes you stick out in your memory? Like you've been playing the vampire game. What are the NPCs that made you go? Huh. Well, definitely Robert, of course, because because he does have that depth, and I think that Stu kind of gave Robert his own story. Whether he tells us or not, what that story is, it, it's kind of apparent that he has one. Yeah, and and I think that's because when Robert important. shows up, he's got a tone, right? He's got exactly, an and I think that's really important. Whether or not you share. The story with the party. I think it's important to make them have one. And uh, as a player, that's where I was going. Thank you for that. Yeah. As a player, I think that the NPC that you make interesting to the players is going to be the one they go back to. Mm-hmm. Your Gungan right. Doctor was not very good, but that's the one we're going to go back to mm-hmm. because you yeah. had him. You were there him, again, and, yeah. <laughs> and we know that he's trustworthy. Nothing, nothing bad came from it. Your Robert, who just started out as an NPC, is the guy that we're going to touch to him next to because you you invested this personality to him. We're not going to go and see. Nah, we're not going to talk to Robert this time. Is there another one? We're not. Okay. We're not going to do that. What we're going to do is, as players, find the NPCs that obviously you cared about, that you gave character to, they mm-hmm. brought uh, breathed life into, and that we can now interact with. We will. We will fly across the galaxy to have our characters healed by that Gungan doctor. <laughs> we will. Or you'll just throw in some random back to tank on. Right. right, it's totally, <laughs> it's world. totally what the GM put care, puts yeah. care into. If you were I, on I, that, pl- if you were on that planet, right, again, well, right, you, I, you'd be like, oh, that's the doctor. That's the guy like. we gotta get. Or, or I'm like, <coughs> we, we need a cybernetic arm and we can't afford it. Hmm, right. It's that Gungan doctor yeah. who works dark. Yeah, so yeah, we, maybe that we, guy can help us out. That sure. guy can He's help got us one that out. runs off of rubber bands. So what, what, what you just tossed off as a random NPC? Sure. Because because you made a bad roll has now become a touchstone NPC to the players. And as a GM, you can't predict that. What you need to do is have your players come up with them and then you exploit that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's right? but I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. The thing you have to look for is is inklings of those moments with these mm-hmm. NPCs is specifically trying to get people to like recognize when they happen and then yes. lean into them. That's right. Yes, because that's what I was trying to say. It's not like they, they'll randomly happen. No. Uh, the I mean, he said he's doing it in a reskin of Mongoose Traveler. Um, it, it you can put them in the character's background. I have actually found that those are great seeds for doing things, but it's actually players don't get super connected to them just because they're in their background. Yes. No. Right. It's um, that, that that's fodder for the GM to mm-hmm. mine. Right. It's so not, then say, so oh, I'm going to use that as uh, as something to get into. It's not a player proactive thing. It's a GM right. motivator. Yeah. Or, I mean, so if it was, it might be good if you were saying like, oh, we need a reason for them to start. To start, like, why would they go right. to this guy in the right. first place? One of the lords, then maybe that's how the connection could work. Well, like, oh, actually, I know this lord that we could talk to, or something. But I don't think that that is going to inherently make the NPC likable because they have a shared history during Traveler character gen. Right. There's a. Uh, uh, can I can I reference an email from a couple episodes ago? There's, a, you want? there's, there's an email a couple episodes ago where the guy was talking about a. Um, a traveler that always showed up that was there to exchange magic items and such. And he was always he's always there. He's in every town that showed up and here was this guy. And eventually it came to the point where he needed to explain this NPC away. And it turned out this NPC is like a gold dragon that had polymorphed into a human because he was bored. Right. Right? And it just came out of a necessity that he was trying to exchange and was sort of you know, sell magic items for gold and whatever. But then it became a plot point. Everybody all the players stopped. I mean, you can listen to the episode. I don't know what number it was, but <laughs> you listen to the episode, and the players were stunned that this M- this minor NPC that they've been interacting with was like a major player in the in the world, mm. and that's 
the thing as a GM. He took a minor NPC, a thing that just happened that they were <coughs> interacting with, and built it up and turned it into something else. And mm-hmm. I think that's what you need to look for. You can't set it up. What you can do is exploit what they come up with. Mm-hmm. That one-armed blacksmith that they interact with three or four times uh, in, in a couple episodes might be the guy that you then turn into the villain. Right, or actually to, to, to riff on that, if there's an NPC they meet that they like a lot, mm-hmm. you can use them as a bridge to the lord you want them to like. Right, like, oh, we are predisposed to like this guy. Oh, wow, he really likes this lord, or this lord treats him well. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, this the other NPC feels the same way the NPC that we do. Oh, well, maybe that guy is pretty good then. I mean, yeah, there's but you, then you need to that. spend time with that NPC as well, because yeah. cause the character is already invested yeah. in that NPC. I would say take an, a character, uh, an NPC that characters have invested in, and then turn that, or yeah. use that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we, we as players don't know why we suddenly fall for an NPC. could be the way you performed. It could have been a stupid accent. It could have just been that we know that you guys made up something cool and we applaud it. But then once... Once we have a fence, or once we mm-hmm. have a, a, a character that's useful, we will go back to them. Right. So, instead of coming up with a unique NPC, use the ones you have. I think that's the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, players are going to like NPCs that they trust. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Generally. Or at least ones that they've interacted with once that didn't fuck them over. Does right. that mean trust? Maybe. Right. They could fuck him over later in the short life of a murder hobo. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's totally like I just spat out Calvin from Vampire the Masquerade. I liked him because he helped my character break into something she was trying to do. Just once. Right. Just once. And it's like, oh, that's the first one I thought of. The person who helped me. There we mm-hmm. go. Yeah. And maybe that's the answer to your question. How do you make your players like them? Well, have them help. Them. <laughs> do favors for yeah. them. <laughs> or yeah, the yeah. Present the players with a problem. Mm-hmm. And then when that when they they get summoned by the lords to go out and and do their little things, that by the way, I noticed that you were talking with somebody. Do you have any problems? Is there something I could help take care of? Right. I wouldn't give a no because then I would distrust them. This no. is somebody they need. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about later. No. I'm talking about later. No. If you say to me, "Well, I have an advisor that will take you on your journey for you," I'm like, "No, f that. I'm going to go talk to the one-armed blacksmith I met before. He knows about steel." Well. I now the, the thing that could be interesting though is to to because so to, it feels like it's too overt, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. are you talking to me? Because yeah, it's strange. Yeah, yeah. You can have a thing like let's say um, your your party's been taken aside, and it's the local debt collectors, and they're like, "Look, your bar bill is so overdue, right? Like that's it. You pay by Tuesday, or you know we're taking limbs or whatever." And you're like, right. "Holy crap, it's bad." You go do things for the Lord. You come back. And they go to the bar, and they're like, "Oh, hey, come on in, but whatever it is." And you're like, uh, "What's that?" You nope, your oh, your bill's been paid. Like, and you're like, "Oh," and because it's because it's like in recognition of the job, you're like, "Oh, well, that's that's." Pretty may not cool. even he may not they may not even know who did it. Right. right. He may never even say anything about it. He just went and took care of it right. for him. Right. I mean, I there's. They, they might assume it was him. They might not. Who right. Knows? There's something. There's something. I, I I'm trying to walk you through. Like I think that's an interesting idea. Yes. Where it's like they do something. Like like wow, this guy took care of a bad problem for us. I feel, I feel connected. But making it, I'm but all sensitive. Fact, like a, if you do it in a certain way, you're like, but not on a leverage way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like what are you trying to get I'm out of me? Assume it's a leverage kind of way. I don't, well, you're paranoid. Well, but you have to be. <laughs> you have to be. And that's why a genuinely created NPC that you created on your own, that, that you created out of, out of whole cloth, the, the market seller who sells wool or you know, 
whole cloth, I guess, or whatever. That NPC means more to me than the one that you say, uh, you know, yeah, um, uh, the one that the one that you hand me is not going to be the one I trust. Right. Right. Rarely. Rarely. Yeah. Yeah. I because because when you because when it, I, I think that that's that's an unrecognized meta game that we play. It that is. We don't know we're doing it. But it's like when the GM's like, oh, and here's this here's this very trustworthy person in the back of my head. We're like, oh, no, don't trust exactly. person, GM, told you. Exactly. And even if it's not in the front of your brain, it's ticking back there. When it's like, oh, here's such and such. And there's a, like, Kier Starfall is the best example I have of this. He's, yes. a, he's a name written on a piece of paper. Yeah. That's the pilot for the characters I actually want you to give a crap about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just the guy who's they're meeting in the bar. Right. But he became. But he became this incredibly vital, important NPC in the game because the party chose him to be so. And that's the crux right? of the business. Because now, right because there. then the party's like, well, we decided this guy was trustworthy or a villain or important or whatever. Mm-hmm. So obviously, that's uh, that's okay. There's no metagame back of my head thing going on. Yeah. Or the GM's trying to figure out a way to screw no. me over. No. Or no. or railroad me. It's like we just picked this guy. We like this guy. Right, and so that's, that's what I. This is exactly what I'm saying is, it, yeah. if, if it's an NPC that we've already interacted with, that trusted, that then betrays us, or it's an NPC that we've interacted with, and then then you flesh them out. That's a completely different thing than you're yeah. like, well, here's a guy that an NPC recommended, which which I'm we're right. not going to trust. That's right. like, I mean, yes. So how do you make players it, can try to be a non-medic? So to get back to the to the, the question as well, uh, as posed by Dan, it, right? It's like, how do you make them likable? Give them depth. Give them character. Right, and then give him a funny accent, and, you, and then when you players a, you lean a into lizard it, man bartender, Stu. Yeah, Baru. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome yeah. NPC. Loved him. Like funny, funny accents are because in the end, the player is controlling the character, and even though mm-hmm. the character might not be inclined in their nature to like the NPC, the player's in control, and the player's gonna be like, "Well, I actually kind of like that guy." So. Right. <laughs> yeah, but helping the players, that's important, mm-hmm. right? Making them making them memorable. Making them right? memorable. In in whatever way that different. is. Um, and then I think you have to really pay a lot of attention to what the players are doing. And if they show you they like a person or they're moving in a direction, like just lean into it. Yeah. And then and then put your NPC you're trying to get them to like <laughs> in as much of that situation as well. I mean the other thing you could do is like if you had a lord and they were like, Yeah, they, this one lord they're okay with and this other guy they really don't like at all. Right, and then but here's an NPC they really do like. Change your plot and have that guy be the other, the other side of the. the it's not necessarily change your plot. Right? Right. Leave your plot open enough to embrace NPCs that your characters already know, mm-hmm. and then involve them into that plot. Right, put them in the position. Yes. Mm-hmm. put them in the, in the deciding point. Because how right? How if you, do you go down path A or path B, and originally you're thinking like, well, those are each represented by a lord. That might not be one. Might be a lord, but the other one could be. The one arm smithy, right, right, yeah. right. And, like, and be okay with changing it and having it be that. I, I have no idea what Kier Starfall's backstory is. You've already come up with a story for him and stuff, but but how weird would it be that he's actually like the Empire, right? That he just likes to fly around, just like the King of Z- of, of Sweden. Right. He told just you, flies around. You, that was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. Did you guys read that? Yeah. No. In the news, the King of Sweden. I guess for the last like. Decade yeah. or something has just randomly co-piloted airplanes like twice a week, twice a week because he likes to fly. So he just co-pilots like like 
airliners. Not only co-pilots, oh. but pilots. Just and pilots them. So chances are, if you flew to Sweden, you were like being right. The king of Sweden. Flown by the king of Sweden. Right. Yeah. Could have been your pilot. Yeah, yeah I met him. Just because. Yeah. I, the, it may not have been Sweden. It might have been. I was it it been either the national or I think it was the national scout jamboree because he's big. It might have been the prince mm. actually. Either way, I don't know. But it was amazing. It's just guys like, oh, I just like to fly, and so yeah. And I'm you know. Royalty, so I fly the plane when I want to. Yes. They're saying that was the Dutch king, not the Swedish. Ah, uh, yes, Dutch king. it was Dutch. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know. thank you, Chatroom. Not quite ever. I didn't Dutch king. Scandinavians. Not the same thing. They're they're actually they're actually Flemish. <laughs> I don't think the Dutch are Scandinavian. They're they're Flems. They're no? Flemish. They're all Nordic. No? They're Flemish. The, the, aren't the they all from Netherlands? No, no, they're not. They're it's like with tulips. It's and cold, right? It's and the Zeiter Z. And not always. Not right there. No, the Dutch are right there. You've been to Amsterdam? What about? Don't. Confuse my funny bit with facts. Like I don't know. Get your facts out of here. Nobody wants. Them. <clears throat> anyway, I it can't be because it's because it's underwater and they would freeze. That's Dude, right because they're so I cold because they took their finger out of that dam at one point and everybody drowned. It was terrible. Yeah, I, I like that you said dam now because yeah, I know I cleaned it up. Yep, yeah, you did. Explaining Savage Worlds in a web comic. Okay, this is killing me. I'm trying to color correct the camera. Because I looked at it and it was goofy. Go ahead. Do no, we no, have no. jaundice? No, no, no. It's me this time. <gasps> are you? Are you? Are you? Are you okay? <laughs> are you a golden boy? I, I'm feeling a little purple, a little blue. <gasps> I'm a little blue. Oh, your aspect. Could purple. it perhaps be your black light? What clan are you? Our backlight. There you go. See it. I'm clan. Brought it back around again. Around. Clan purple. Uh, from Aaron in London. <laughs> Dear Chavre. Yes. That's fellas in Hebrew. Pronounce that three. Is clearing your throat. Oh, we know Aaron. Isn't that also a kind of cheese in French? It is. Aaron I, from London are here. You, are you, do, you, do you know the Jewish accent? I do. Uh, yeah. Have you, have you, do, you know, do you have a Jewish grandmother? I don't. No, you don't? I don't. don't. <laughs> Maybe you should be reading this. Can someone please play a Jewish vampire? I, I, have, I have a feeling that you should probably be reading this. Oh, you think that I should read this one? I think you might be. I, I don't know what that offends Aaron. I almost specifically <laughs> chose to read this for a reason, story. Okay, but if you well, okay, hand no, it off, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron from London here. It's a gamer from London. Right. I thought I might read from a gamer in London. Right. Okay. I don't know. I just want to hear Jesse's Jewish mother, we'll trade grandmother. Up. This is an eleven-page email. Okay, I'll, perfect. We'll tag team in. We'll, we'll trade. We'll in. trade. We'll trade. Aaron from London here. Everyone. Very long-time listener, second-time writer. <laughs> I'll start with a controversial claim. I do not have a Jewish. Oh, uh, I do not. Oh, I do not enjoy beer, nor do I like any other alcoholic beverage. Which means oh. there is more for you guys. Mm. Have a drink. I'm having a Lacroix. Lachaim. I I do not believe that this life person is life. from London. Lachaim, lachaim, to life. One day it's honey and raisin cakes. Next day a bellyache. Drink lachaim to There's life. There's eleven pages to go through. Come on. Eleven pages. For the past two years, two, two years. years, the the most dramatically appropriate number of years. My dear friend Aviv and I have been running a web comic devoted to the general tabletop gaming scene called Up to Four Players, which is at uptofourplayers.com, which is a brilliant frigging web comic. I've been is reading it? that thing. Yes, it is amaze balls. Um, we made sure to dedicate an equal amount of screen time to board games, role playing games, and some general geeky humor. That is, until we started looking for a new challenge and a new direction, and found ourselves drawn to our one true hobby, which of course is the best hobby in the world, role-playing games. Yeah! 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 Is Stu trying to tell me something by handing me this? He doesn't know what that is. Alright, when did these things become a thing? I mean, all of a sudden it's like... This is the first time I've ever touched one. 
I don't know. They're the worst. And I'm about to annoy everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We decided to start a new storyline focusing on a party of our protagonists as they play a cool campaign in a fun and interesting game world. We wanted to show both the players and their characters and to use an actual system. After a long deliberation, we decided to go with Savage Worlds. Yes! We think it's a great system to use in a comic for three main reasons. One, we should use something people might already know. The more high-profile the game we chose, the better our social presence will be, probably. Savage Worlds is reasonably well-known, with some great communities on Facebook, Twitter, and even Google+. The people of Pinnacle are awesome as well, and as proof, they approached us and gave us an official license to publish Savage Worlds materials to give us the freedom of explaining and using the system without having to uh, dread copyright issues. And and that's actually true. If you actually go to Pinnacle, there are so many hacks out there that they just say, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, they're, they're great about that. They do... They, you do have to get license. Yes, it's not just hacks. Yeah, uh, but you have to get license for them. But Shane and everybody at Pinnacle is amazing. They've been amazing with us for the Savage Worlds rifts yeah. thing. And in fact, uh, we are we are negotiating something pretty cool for June. A little tease with the rifts. Tease for June with, with Pinnacle. Mm. No, not with rifts, but something with Pinnacle. Something okay. pretty cool. Uh, Server everything says it's like my booby is right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, I'm getting the vapors. I'm the clamp. I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> you haven't heard Jesse do her do a Jewish grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't heard me. She hasn't heard me do her Jewish grandmother. Boom. She might. At least I don't know. You might have been in the next room. Two. You know what? You're old enough. I know. Hey, your grandma is hot. <laughs> and she's young enough. You know what? She actually is, too. I believe it. I believe <laughs> it. Uh, we should use a system that's simple and straightforward because we don't want the rules to interfere with our story. Using a narrative heavy system, heavy, heavy, narrative heavy system, such as Fate or games powered by the apocalypse, will make it more difficult for us to tell good stories because these systems take too much of the storytelling duty for themselves. We also want the rules to be easily explainable to new players because we hope to be able to draw readers into the world of role playing games. So, Savage Worlds. Three, we should use a system that actually works with the atmosphere and style of the strange new homebrew setting we created. Action! Adventure! Powerful crystals that make you emotionally unstable. Savage Worlds is the obvious candidate. Actually, yeah, actually. And, and, uh, and by the way, I don't know if this is where they're going to be going to, but if you go and read, if you go to up2fourplayers.com and, and start reading this thing they're talking about, they do an incredible job of explaining the rules of Savage Worlds while telling... Like the story of them playing this game, Jesse, make a note of this. It is at some point you're going to be playing a Savage Worlds game. It is, uh, it is super cool. Like I was blown away with how well they did it. I was like, man, and and it makes a lot of sense. They're working directly with the Pinnacle guys. Um, <laughs> I have you guys to thank for introducing me to Savage Worlds in the first place. Oh. In those ancient days of days of season Wait, six or so. One, I think. No. Yeah, three. No, I read that one. Action adventure. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Wow. Stable. I'm sorry. I'm self correcting myself. I was I was just busy staring. I, 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 I didn't even hear it. It is so mansplaining constantly. It's so hard. It's I'm so not, difficult. You're going to mansplain to me? I feel you, sister. I didn't understand. Oh, thank you. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so they've already done a... They, no, they're... they're, they're yeah, the, it's going. They, they have... The, so the webcomic, up to four players, the webcomic... Okay. Is, I, no, no, I, I, no, I read the email. I'm just oh, curious because this email is like... Because they're going to ultimately ask us for advice on what they should put in the webcomic. Oh, really? Because three months old. <laughs> awesome. So they might not even watch it. I think, I think that was this one. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Because I'm... 
a little slow with the emails. Oh, list of uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. Well, the, uh, well, go ahead. Go, I've go been reading it, so I can. It's all yes. I can help with that. <laughs> so um, you were still at three, right? No, I, I yeah, out I had just finished that one. <laughs> I have you guys to thank for introducing me to Savage Worlds in the first place. In those ancient days of season six or so, when I just started listening to this reckless gathering of rambling, growling, natural one rolling men and women we all know and love, I remember hearing you guys mention two systems above all else: GURPS, yeah. And which already knew, and Savage Worlds, about which Jib just kept talking on and on. Even though Jib's is supposed to be the hero guy, All right, that's right. No, no, Jib, Jib is, yeah, both, both. Yeah. He's very yeah. Savage Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually, I head out and bought the damn game, hoping it'll make him shut up about it. It <laughs> didn't work. I did play tons of Savage Worlds since, though. Now I can describe our homebrew setting a bit more, but you can simply click the webcomic yourself and get the gist of it. Instead, I like to discuss something interesting we had to wrestle with, explaining the rules one comic page at a time. Hmm. About a year ago, we created a short explanation of the basic rules of Edge of the Empire as part of our webcomics. To this day, it's one of our most viewed strips. It received praise from Jay Little himself, who designed the original system, and the link is still at the top of the Edge of Empire subreddit, so you can probably say we did a good job. <clears throat> uh, but in a way, that was easy, because the person who's reading that strip is only expecting a summary of some rules and nothing more. With our new storyline, we have to explain Savage Worlds, while still telling a story, developing characters, giving some exposition about the world, and hopefully getting a joke in every page or so. Um, being constantly light and funny is very important to us. So basically, it's like an actual RPG. Here's what we decided to do. We hope this format will be useful to any GM who wishes to suck new players into the hobby. Slurp, slurp, slurp. We dissected the system into several chunks and spread them throughout the first adventure storyline. How do you roll? There's a whole page dedicated to that. What's exploding dice? There's a different page for that. What's the difference between parry and toughness? What's this shaken thing? Why don't they just have hit points like a normal system? Because that's awesome. That's why. We're trying to avoid having more than two consecutive pages that describe <laughs> a new concept. We need these breathers so the reader won't get overwhelmed or worse, get the feeling that we're pushing too hard, making it into a chore. It's a story. One should read it at their leisure, and while there's a lot of things we need to explain to the reader, it's important to always remember that all of this teaching should only be done in service to the story. Do you want to? You want to hand off? You want to? Oh, okay. As I said I would. Oh well, I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> too late. With that, yeah, it's too late. Okay, e- I w- email Jesse at happyjacks.org. Send your complaints there, please. <laughs> to, to your gr- to your grandmother. To my to my grandmother, I will actually read it seriously. No, really, no, and, and do, 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 do the best accent. They love accent. We have a we have a tradition here. Oh, oh, you do. Yeah, we I do. didn't know that. Okay, accents are tradition. Stork's accent is not as convincing. No, nope. nope. shocking. <laughs> okay, here's the list of gaming elements in the order we introduce them. Make sure the players grokked grokked a bunch of lines before advancing to the next bunch. It might take more than one encounter. (laughs) Oh my god, you have to play a character that does this at some point. (laughs) Holy crap, it's the best. (laughs) It's my cousin Vinny reading this stuff. It's awesome. My biological clock is tick, tick, ticking. (laughs) (laughs) You seen that movie, My Cousin Vinny? No. You should see My Cousin Oh my god. The two youths. The youths. What the hell's a you? Uh, Mira Savina. No. No. Is the actress. No. 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 Marissa Tomei. Oh, Marissa Tomei. Right, right, right. Sorry. Marissa Tomei. Okay. Played, is, 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 she won an Oscar for it. That's how she it. talks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. So you're telling me I can win an Oscar with that accent? Yes. Maybe. Hell yeah. Oh she did. Oh, my. <laughs> that movie? Trait rolls yeah, and wild die. Bennies and hindrances as a way of getting more bennies. Aces and raises. Initiative with cards and what you can do on your turn. One action and movement. Attack rolls and damage, including shaken. 
soak roll, special combat actions, edges. What? Why only now? <laughs> because edges, generally speaking, are small ways to break the rules. Better to know the rules before messing with them. Special abilities, such as... I'm falling out of it because I'm reading. <laughs> That's fine. Such as powers or edges that can be activated should be explained the moment the player wants to use them. In my opinion, it's vitally important that the player always understands their options. Otherwise, they don't really matter, do they? We assume a pretty low threshold of attention because we're dealing with readers that only get one page per week. At your table, people might be a lot more attentive and able to digest more details at the same time. P.S. Psss sounds like piss. Hmm. <laughs> PPS. I really enjoy Laser Printed Hero. We have a small weekly podcast for our fans. May we play the song at the end of an episode? Yes. Just one time. You have my permission. With a link to buy it and everything. D definitely. Please. <clears throat> yes. I ain't getting any younger. PPPS. <laughs> 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 nah, this is long enough as it is. Just leave me here alone. I'll just die alone. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Aaron from London. So the reason I wanted to read that, one, I'm a fan of the webcomic. Um, okay. And I, I think I even put it up on our forums at one point. Okay. Under, in the general thread. I remember someone stuff. printed out the sheet about rolling for Edge, Edge of Empire. Empire. It's brilliant, yeah. right? It's like, oh, that makes total sense. Right. Right? Yeah. And, they're, and they do a, a, like a fantastic job of that. Two, and it's out there on the interwebs enough, but I'm moving... To London, and I totally want to meet you guys. There it is. And game with you, dudes. Excellent. There it is. Because um, uh, it's official holy now. Smokes, and it's crazy. It's crazy. It's if crazy. You, if you believe, it's crazy. Nah, nah. If you believe the web comic, they actually uh, play some of the games in Hebrew, which oh, I would really? love to at least watch because I'll just be like, that sounds neat. I, you know, I, I don't. Yeah. Wow. Um, Sony guts. Sony guts. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm total fan of the. I'm total fanboying out. So I think their web comics brill. Excellent. And so uh, so Iran. Uh, he doesn't actually know where he's going to be in London, but it's probably Lo northern London. North I don't know. We don't know. We're so looking. London We're proper. looking. We're gonna look around. He, he might even be down by the river. Don't I'm sorry. How's that go? Down by the river. Down by the river. Yeah. Well, All right. Take this away from me, please. I know this is a fiddly thing, <laughs> and it doesn't even work because the middle the bear, middle bearing is is jammed, oh. so it doesn't spin. Now, when did this become a thing? Like, if you had I saw someone playing with one of these in a car. I know. So I was sitting there like, suddenly it's like, had I invented this thing, I'd be a millionaire right now. But it's like we used to have pencils, keys, or whatever. But you don't do that. You pay. Now I pay money. Now you know. Buy this thing. But here's what it is. With this is just bearings that you would put in your in your skateboard, and it's like. But, but here's the here's the thing though, and this is interesting, is that these these kinds of things, these devices, right now the kids are like, oh, I'm in class and I'm fidgety, and they do this. When we were all kids, because you know, you're, baby. we would have been like marched to the I'm principal 12. for no, no, we would doodle, we'd yeah, and well, draw, and so oh, you'd yeah. sit there and like right thing, and oh, it's really true. and it's interesting. Good point. They're now saying like, oh yeah, kids aren't like. There's a there's been a change in the ability for kids to learn and retain, and they learn to read later and write later, because no one is modeling writing or drawing for them. And when they're in school, they do that, or they're on a keyboard or whatever, as opposed to actually doing this. So it's really weird. It's changing the the education process and how they actually take in information. So the oh, so auditory visual person who's busy playing with the kinesthetic thing doesn't actually get the auditory. They get, or they don't get the visual, they just get the auditory. Right. Oh, 
See, Allie, she gets in trouble in school all the time. Not all, not anymore, but for a long time because she's sitting drawing and doodling, right? Which rather is, than doing her schoolwork. But if you're, but would it be better if she was? No, I'd rather have her drawing because skill. Because this is all just annoying to everybody, right? <laughs> right. Whereas at least this is, you know. When I was a kid, you couldn't even chew gum in class. I mean, I, let alone this. I mean, I, I had a science teacher that walked around with a, with a like a yardstick, and if you were doing something, whoosh, you're like, ah! I, I would guess if we talk to our friends that are teachers, they don't just let them. Oh no! Willy I think Kimmy mentioned that she confiscates those things all the time. But I want to be the guy that invented this thing. Too late. Why did this thing get too, too late? late? Too late. How Think of the next thing. Think of the next well, thing. I, I can put what bearings can put in a, a bearing in a trunk, right? Oh no, uh, bearings and beer bottles, so you can like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I, how did that become a thing? When did that be? How, well, did you ever it, see the little push button it, thing? It, it, oh yeah, the I'm fidget constantly cues. playing with oh, a the pen. Cube. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. well, that's the thing is people like fidget and a pen, right? Like, right. Kimmy has one of those one of those cute things for a while. Way more sense than the spinner. She wore it out. I... Some poor, genius out there said, cube. all of our kids are ADD. Let's give them something to play with. And I don't even I'm think it's ADD. It's just they're at that age where they have too much energy. processing power. You know, energy. you know what it is? Here's the thing. Because now they got to sit in class and do this as opposed to go out and have freaking recess because they take all that out of the school well, they system. Have they have recess. Uh, do they? Yeah. Dude, I, I went and did a volunteer thing that was basically to go and like help kids have recess. Because they like their time was limited. They're like, okay, so you guys can do this. We're gonna do this kickball. Like it was like because they just like are all uh, go outside for eleven minutes. Like it's crazy. Recess has been cut. No, her. No, her. The, the, well, at, at the first school that they went to, they had all kinds of stuff for them to do. They had they it, when. But they, she was at a private school, right? No, no, it was a public school. It's passing in oh. public school. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. In both in both cases, they have. I, I don't. Well, and in, in where she is now, they just want to gossip. <laughs> sure, but I mean that by right. middle school, it feels like it doing. feels like there's less recess and less there might be arts less. and things like that there than there was less. when we were kids, and so it's just like there's a lot of energy, right? So like, oh, oh yeah. what am I going to do? And they're in class, and they're like, oh, I got everything to do. Oh no, they I, they definitely had recess at, at, at the because my son's still there, and they, and yeah, they definitely have recess because okay. I mean, to be yeah. fair, our parents were drunk most of the time. I mean, remember yes. remember we go like like I'm going out and we would not return till like six. Right, and our parents like they're like, all right, just show up by dinner time, and they didn't care. They oh, didn't. Oh know. Well, yeah, I go, I'm and we'd show back up again at six. Six, like, okay, be back before dark. Right, exactly. I didn't know watch. I didn't know. No, they didn't, right. and they didn't but I could care. see when the sun was going to go down, and how far I could ride my bike and how fast. Right, and it was fine. exactly. They didn't. And care. if and if you don't show up by dark, are they thinking, oh my god, what happened to my kid? No, they're no. thinking. They're gonna get it. When oh, they get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're out there, out there driving around. Wee! Yeah, they're calling people. Where's my kid? He didn't call. You yeah, better you get your dumb ass home. home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there, there was no get child protective services she's, over here. She's, she's, your kids have yeah. been in the front yard for four minutes without four supervision. Minutes, yeah. I didn't have oh, no. that. Yeah, I'm in the I'm the I'm in the generation where it's like you can ride your bike between this house in the neighborhood and, and we're gonna that house watch in the you. neighborhood. <laughs> and neighborhood watch has got you up on a live vid stream the entire call time. Call us when you get there. <laughs> Although it is it is awfully handy house. having my kids with iPhones and be able to use the find friend yeah, thing. Sure. Yeah. Not only do I know where they are, but I also can find their phones when they forget them at the park. <laughs> yeah, that's important. Your phone is at the park. Go get it now. <laughs> right. You don't. Dad, you know I just walked up. Can you drive me? No. You don't, no. You, don't, you don't use that thing on me, do you? No. To track where I am. Yeah, well, sometimes. Whose turn is it next? You've all read Any section from Tim. 
Oh, actually, she she only finished it. Was there a question? No, I, no, no. no. Oh, okay. You just tell her. Well, I, I, I for, and how awesome that we introduced them to yeah. somebody to Savage Worlds. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Shane, you Ending can make check out the Happy Jacks. Shane, I'm telling Shane to press yeah. a check. Yeah, there you go. Send us some more pinnacle shit. Yeah. Ending a session from Tim. Tim. Hi guys, you want to read this one or do you want? Oh, to I go. I love reading things. Go. Hi guys. <laughs> And she can actually read, which she's probably thinking, like, thank God, because you stammering <laughs> bastards. I'm going to go out on a limb and, the, uh, and say that Jessie is, is much prettier than she needs to be because she's actually very smart. And, and <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it means what is that? That's an insult to <laughs> smart people and pretty people. You don't I, need to be is, as pretty as you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, okay, you're, I'll you're, you're actually really smart. I'll and stop it, it now. This is, this is Stork. Trying to be complimentary. By the way, yes. now just <laughs> take, let me mansplain this. To soak you. this in. I must thank you, Internet. Well, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know it, Internet, I'm smart. She is. <laughs> I don't. Uh, someone's asking. I don't think this is Proby Tim. I don't think that's um, our Tim. No, I don't think so. No. Maybe it is, but I don't think. It Maybe is. because he knows if he actually asked us in person, we would eviscerate <laughs> him. So he's taking to writing emails. Ouch. I doubt now, it. Now, if he did say, "Dear Happy Jacks." I'm I'm running a shit zombie game. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the email makes me believe that it's not Tim. And okay. I won't, spoiler alert. All right. So, hi guys. Here's a quick one. When it comes to ending a gaming session, there are two particular styles that I enjoy. One, the cliffhanger. At the end of the session, a reveal is made which leaves the players intrigued. This is the kind of thing that episodic TV shows do really well, and it seems to be something that people, myself included, really enjoy. Stu. I do it all the time. Yeah, I, I do too. It. I love yeah. doing it. That's and the thing is, you can do it naturally. Mm-hmm. You can be playing, and you get to a point, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is where I have to stop." <laughs> and then, oh yeah. And then I've goes, actually I've actually seen that cross your eyes. You're like, like, you know, and we're, we're gonna leave it there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what? And you know you've done it right when the players go, ah! <laughs> you have to sleep sometime, fat man. <laughs> <laughs> Two, the beginning of the next adventure. The session ends with the characters about to start the next pieces of the adventure with direction and purpose. This means that the session ends with the characters having a discussion and planning and closing some path. I am interested in your thoughts. I have started to exclusively push for the second scenario. The reason is that it makes prep for the next session much more solid and thus ends with a better overall game. However, I do miss the joy of a cliffhanger. Thanks again for everything you guys do. The content of the show is great, but the feeling of friendship and camaraderie you provide is worth gold. Yeah, you're right. That's not to probably tell. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right. oh, yeah. Yeah. that's exactly yep. right. Yep. Barely stand. Yeah. I think uh, I the 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 advantage of I always really like to know what the players' plans are for the next session, so I can prep. So I can say, oh, they're going to go to Castle Pornvale and mm-hmm. try to take it out. Why? Well, that means I should probably write up Castle Pornvale and who's there, and maybe set up some of the bad guys. Um, Do they I all have th- big, like Tom Selleck mustaches? Yes, at Castle Pornvale. Even but the women. <laughs> yes, I think it's called Minge. Minge. Yeah, look it up. Am I am I sexy now? Okay, <laughs> you're sexier than you need to no, be. No, don't look it up. I was kidding. Don't actually look it up. Oh my god. M i n g e. There's a d in it. There's a d in it. Not that he wants you to look it up, but let me spell it. M i n d g e. 
Like min, I minge? Don't I don't know. I'm, no, they're saying M-I-N-G-E. Ah, my chat room's on it. Like, no, 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 no. No, this is it, it, Urban Dictionary. There is no entry for M-I-N-D-G-E. Good, great. Oh. Let's move on, please. A minge is not... <laughs> <laughs> oh, please finish. No. That's what she said. <laughs> Your grandma? Really? Full really? Full. You're going to read it out loud now? <laughs> no, he's not. He can't. Oh, my yeah, God. You just yeah. broke him. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> So, so moving on, I, I think it's important to know that we can't get anything done until he reads us out loud, <laughs> or elects to not read it out loud. Because is it is it going to crank up our rating on Twitch? Is it going to be bad? The minge is not the actual vagina. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but the hair surrounding the area on the labia majora and at the pubic mound. Loose, shaggy hair that is not neatly trimmed and may be a little fragranced with girl perfume. That's, I don't know, that's part of the definition. My minge is so sweaty. That's the sentence. What every so, woman says at Ren Fair. So, so it sounds like it's, it's a combination of the fringe and mange, maybe, is what I'm getting out of that. The whole minge, basically, if you should. Why do you know that story? I don't. Why wanna, do you know I that? Know, I don't want to explain why, but there's a thing. <laughs> you have too much oh, time here's in your The man second blocked. definition. The fur-lined entrance to the spasm chasm. Very <laughs> that's, that's the one. And our YouTube rating just wow, went that's to right. M. <laughs> it's also the name of Oprah's vagina. According to the third definition. It's actually in Urban Dictionary? Yes. Uh, what is the example sentence for that one? Uh, Oprah never takes the you time get to a minge. play with you the get old a minge. minge anymore. You get a minge. Everybody gets a minge. That's not the... <laughs> Oprah never. Oh, takes it, it, it's a British. It comes from a British slang term for vagina. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's, it's so. Thank God I learned it because now I can use it in common conversation. Yes, yes, yes got the local minge. Yeah. Just walk you, up to anyone and say, "Yeah, as, how's your as minge? the old minge there today?" <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. I learned my accent from Dick Van Dyke. That'd be great. A bit of the old in out, right? A bit of the old ultra violence of the minge. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, okay. What was Tim's question? Oh. I, I, I warned you, did I not? Don't look it up, but he did. I, I know, don't know if I would exclusively push for the second one, the second kind of end every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I, I, I usually try to look for a cliffhanger. So what I will do is, if it's starting to get close to the time that we're done, can I find a moment where, you know, the conflict starts or whatever, and I can end it right there, and then we can resolve the conflict real quick the next session? Or if the stuff is starting to wind down, I will introduce a wrinkle or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, foreshadow the next session. But it really depends on the pacing and where you are time-wise and when you want to end. Yeah, I mean, I, I love to end on a cliffhanger because <coughs> because you, I, I think that gives you an idea of where the characters are probably going to do next, right? Right. So it without having to then sit and talk about it with them because you kind of leave them in a point where it's like, oh, wait, our ship just got stolen because you know, like, okay, well, they're going to have to do this, 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 and this, and right. so I'm going to figure out some avenues for them to. By the way, you move along. That's the thing that pisses me off the most. Uh, Rob, not, is, that, not Rob, that my I, best friend is going to go away, but the fact I, that uh, that we can't finish that game. I can't ever. believe Rob hasn't come and kicked me in the junk. I know because he's never getting he his shit back. He hasn't figured it out yet. I know he hasn't. And somebody's going to be going. 
They're in. He, they're a <laughs> uh, Dave. Uh, He's never K- getting my K- masseuse's ship back. That's right. <laughs> that's right. K- Dave and uh, and and Rob are and Skechers. Rob are in Vegas for Horky's bachelor weekend. Right. Bachelor man party parade. weekend. Yeah. The man. The what? Man parade. The man parade. Min- the parade. <laughs> Let's say men's parade oh. if it's better. No. Now that we know, right? No. We no. 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 Uh, so married, I, I, had, I can just see them like. They, they're at the, the gambling I table I just came or something. up with the name for the Merry Wives version of Bogfest. What's that? Mingefest. Minge oh, my Fest. God. Mingemania. Mingemania. <laughs> Mingepalooza. Mingepalooza. I will pass that to Heather, which will promptly get a no. Which, no, which, no, which, no. Tell no, her what it means. No. So, oh, okay. okay. No, 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 no. The Mingefest. Minge festival. The Mingefest. Like the Fringe Festival. Oh, my God. Will actual midgets show up? Mingets? Mingets. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> the mind. Yep. If you and if you like watch all the episodes in a row, minge viewing. Oh, oh right. So yeah. Bad. yeah. So right. bad. Now yeah. it's minge worthy. It's so bad. <laughs> 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 Terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you were saying oh, here, okay. As no, a I was player not. as a player, I, I can sometimes recognize when there is gene fatigue going on. <coughs> And, and even just game fatigue, we're all like, I'm rolling. And, and sometimes, as a GM, <laughs> as a GM, sometimes. Hold on. Right. <laughs> no, the rails are gone. Uh, they they are, are, they're gone. Jason is in the forum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the chat room. Yeah. In the chat room. Yeah. He says, Can I play a ninja? <laughs> <laughs> as long as your ninja isn't a furry, right? Oh, God. Just around the edges. It's just that you shave everything but ninja. A ninja. Yeah. It's like you're like a pink teddy bear but shaved except for right. that'd yeah. be a ninja. A ninja. Right. I would just like furry. to apologize yeah, right? to the ladies in the chat. <coughs> I said don't look it up. They drove him away. Alright. Right. Here's okay, as a player, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try again. As a player, I get the cliffhanger thing. That's awesome. But it, sometimes as a GM, you don't always know when you're tired, when the players are done, or whatever. But there's there's a time when people are like, we we just need to time. Now's the time to stop. So I get the second time. There 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 is a point as a GM, you need to be like monitoring mm-hmm. the state, the the situation of the game, the state of the game, and just go. All right, I think I need to stop. You need to stop. You're talking about minge too much. Let's <laughs> just we'll we'll just table this and we'll come back next week. Right after we haven't been up right. for ten hours. Yeah, I mean the second one. The second one is interesting, right? Because it's that idea of all right, here's where you are. Here's what's going to happen next. Everybody kind of talks about it a little bit, right? And like, okay, great. Now, now when we start the next game, you kind of know where you're starting with. But I don't know. It, like, it's it to me, it's a little, <coughs> it, and maybe it depends on how the frequency with which you play. But if you're only playing like every other week or something, if you do all that planning at the end of a session and then two weeks go by, you're going to be like, oh, what did we? What did we decide we were going to do? I don't, did anybody write that down? Oh, well, I think we had a really good idea. Damn, I don't remember. But if you land on the cliffhanger, it's easier to then oh, yeah. say, here's where things landed. And then the first part of the session, people going like, oh, all right, what are we going to do? Well, Damn. How more than that, there? but they talk about it over the week. They're like, yeah. that, that trollop took our ship. We gotta, and so they start emailing each other, trying what to do you figure out. She's they, a masseuse, and they show up. Legitimate businesswoman. Well, she's a really? twilight, right? The best part is you have no idea if that's even true, right? You just said, "Buy me a Twilic because well, I, I got a massage from one last night. I guess they all are masseuses. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> so, happy ending part? So anyway, yeah. The first one, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's a mercenary, but he's a gentleman. That's personal. Oh, personal. My. <laughs> oh my. So, I mean... I, I spent 5,000 credits on another Twi'lek. That should tell you something. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> the Twi'leks are cheap? What? I, I, where's, where's I don't this, think 5,000 credits was cheap. Was it, it was like 5,000. It was a lot. 5,000 yeah. of anything is a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But I, I I get it. There's uh, Ideally, it'd be great to end it in a Are you still trying to go back to finishing this I'm out? I'm giving up. You're right. <coughs> okay. Uh, Sergeant Dan said too many cliffhangers can end up killing the game. Like too many orgasms? He's just like, I can't, I can't come anymore. I'm done. Let's go to bed. Let's watch a movie. Let's... <laughs> Let's talk. I'm Let's cuddle. I don't get that. that. Cliffhangers are awesome. How did we get there? I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. And our YouTube sure. rating just went to M plus. <laughs> M plus. Um, I guess if you if they I guess maybe if the players always felt like they weren't consummating the end of the story. God, now you got me down a bad path. <laughs> story. Damn you. Damn you. Um, but yeah, they were like all, uh, like they never felt like they had resolution at the end of a session. Right. Right? Then I could see where that would that be. Could, that could be problematic. It could be frustrating. Sure. To, to never actually complete. Right. To never fulfill. Sure. Right. I get that. No, I'm not. I'm serious. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, 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 I'm kidding I'm, around, but I yeah. am actually serious. Because every time you end a game session, it's like, and, you know, and, right. and you're oh, like, oh, you thought you were done, but there's this, oh. Yeah. <coughs> it, it, that would be the utmost in Dickory. Right, yeah. Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Minge. Oh, my God. Minge. They're still, they're going. You yeah. should wash your white shirts in bleach. They're kind of mingy. <laughs> <laughs> now they're. Now Movie name, movie titles. Oh yes, Lord of the Minge, <laughs> Reservoir Minge, <laughs> Swords and Mingery. There's song titles. I'm just waiting on a lady. I'm just waiting on the Minge. <laughs> dun, dun, king of the Minge. Right. Minge be a lady. Tonight. Rocky Horror Minge show. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, I think that. Our, ch- our chat rocks, by the way. Seven years in Minge. I don't know which one that would. Seven Minge for Seven Brothers. That's there you one. go. <laughs> Excellent. Back in the old MGM musical days. The quiet Minge. You mean the, the Minge M? <laughs> yeah, 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 Minge M. Singing in the Minge. <laughs> Minge in the rain? I don't know. Rasho Minge. That's the Rashomon. Or I mean, okay. like Rashomon. There will be minge. There will. American there will minge. Be minge. <laughs> American ninja. There you go. <laughs> Revenge of the minge. Dead minge. All right. All no right. country for old minge. Dead minge wear plaid. <laughs> Mingy and the pussycats. <laughs> minge or consequence. Demolition minge. Finding Demolition minge. minge. <laughs> Finding minge. <laughs> Minge of the Caribbean. No country for old minge. I already said that one. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> yeah. I like the like country and minge. That works really that well together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not parsing that any further. I Just got you. You work with that. Minge spotting. Oh um, god. <laughs> minge busters. All right. Okay. Tim, we are so sorry. Yeah. Thanks. Disney Walt Disney Imagine Minging. <laughs> <laughs> That is not funny. It's a mingineering. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's what he's. That's what they typed. I did it is wrong. it? Oh, all right. 
It is some engineering. Some engineering. Done. <laughs> That's it. No more. All right. That wins. That, uh, where's, the, where's the song? I mean, it's not a cliffhanger. That at this point, I'm actually doing number two, which is uh, we're done. Yeah, we've done number two. <laughs> <laughs> All over this podcast. Wow. Thank you for joining us for season 19, episode 9 of Happy Checks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I blame myself. <laughs> I blame Stork as well. And I'm Jesse. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Return of the Minge. Minge hard with a vengeance. We'll just start a forum thread. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's no game Sunday. Uh, there will be uh, masks on Monday. And and then Wednesday we've got uh, Kindred One, a motive sin story. I'm actually yes. starting a, a free show and it's going to be all the presidents of Minge. Excellent. Nice. Minge of sin. Groundhog Minge. All right. Thank you very much. We'll leave with a song.
Chica, la 